Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. everyone so let's start off with the first segment it's all about the environmental holidays they are of course held in may early may and so the first one is called be kind to animals week so all your animals pet animals animals around you animal lovers anyone who loves animals this is a time to remember and so annually it's the event is held and it's usually around the second week of may and it's held in the U.S. so it's a U.S. event. The second environmental holiday is Green Up Day and for those who are from Vermont you'll especially know how to celebrate this. It is uh, conducted and celebrated in the first Saturday of May and then last but not least the third environmental holiday is called Greenery Day and it's celebrated in Japan on May 4th. Welcome to the 2020 Retroactive Greener Thoughts Earth Day Celebration Giveaway. To enter, I'd love for you to pick a Greener Thoughts podcast episode and let me know why it's your favorite. Number two, explain why you love Greener Thoughts podcast and how it's impacted you. Be sure to email your answers to me at greenerthoughtspodcast.gmail.com. The giveaway ends midnight Eastern Standard Time, the last day on the giveaway month. So it would be in the last day of April, retroactively. Limit one page answer for your submissions. And also it's a limit of three winners in the giveaway. The next segment is Headlines from the Hemispheres, and this is where we talk about uh, quick briefings and headlines from all around the world. So this is news that is all about the environment, and the first headline is about farmers and solar power. So hugely welcome, Indian Solar Scheme, a win for farmers and the environment. And that was found on Positive.News, which is also a magazine and it is a website. So this means that it's really good news speaking from the farmer's standpoint because it means that they make more money and there are less agricultural emissions going out into the environment. So India's government has announced funding that will give the ability for 2 million farmers to invest in irrigation pumps that are powered by solar photovoltaic arrays. This is really great because it replaces the diesel-powered pumps that they've been used to before. And so India is now, it's the largest uh, place when it comes to solar pumps and the numbers of solar irrigated farms that are are in India. So it has one of the largest programs around speaking from a solar perspective. 
Uh, next is the information uh, regarding uh, honeybees and a new disease uh, that has really um, shaken up the uh, colonies of the honeybees. So emergence of deadly honeybee disease revealed. So this is from phys.org, as in physical or physics, that's the website. So there is some sad and unfortunate news when it comes to the honeybee colonies. Uh, and anyone who knows about bees um, knows that they go through a lot of different things. And one of the recent uh, sufferings that's been happening is a viral disease. So it uh, really uh, took a... a, a, a uh, a huge wave of it coming um, and, and hitting and collapsing some of these colonies. And this was between the years of 2007 to 2017. It took one of the biggest hits. And so this data was from uh, thousands of beekeepers, 24,000 beekeepers in places like Lincolnshire, uh, all the way back from uh, 2007 when they first started collecting this data to about 10 years later from uh, different uh, English counties, about 40 out of 47, and then six out of eight Welsh counties. So this viral disease is uh, enormously debilitating because it, it causes a paralysis in the bees, so they have like abnormal trembling, the inability to fly, they can't fly, and they um, have these, you know, hairless abdomens. And so the disease is really uh, called uh, the chronic bee paralysis virus or CBPV, and the infected bees die within a week's time. The recent findings were published in the journal Nature Communications, and they were led by the team. Uh, by Professor Gals uh, Budge of Newcastle University in the United Kingdom. And then last but not least is uh, this news uh, piece about uh, Bolsonaro and Brazil and the coronavirus. So the real virus is Bolsonaro. Uh, pandemic helps fuel Amazon deforestation surge in Brazil. So you can find out more about this piece on HuffPost in the environment section. You can just search uh, on the website. So more than 200 square miles of forest has been cleared. This is all the way back in March, uh, according to the INPE, which is the Brazil Brazil's space agency that looks at deforestation from a satellite uh, perspective. And the, the, the totals as far as deforestation have really gone up. And this marks one of the highest totals since all the way back in April 2008. Uh, Brazil's uh, indigenous uh, populations have really been uh, at the forefront of trying to call Bolsonaro out uh, on his policies. We all know that we don't like him. I did a whole podcast episode about the uh, Brazilian fires and ways to aid uh, Brazil in the Amazon. And so there was a really large indigenous organization. It's the largest in Brazil and another organization called Indian Law Resource Center. And these both wrote letters to the United Nations and the Organization of American States, respectively. So in these letters, they talked about how they had real fears and worries around the pandemic, and they accused President Bolsonaro of, quote, severe and ongoing violations of the human rights of indigenous peoples, end quote.
I know that I have not done a ton of episodes about food science or food safety or, you know, what's in your fridge beyond certain things, uh, you know, that are, you know, really helpful or different things like that. I've done, I've done different food lists in the past, um, but I wanted to break down something a bit different, some of the foods that you can sort of relax on when it comes to the dates that you may see on them, because I know that a lot of people may be confused um, on and about them. And so we're going to talk about the different dates, like the best buy dates and sell by dates, freeze by dates, um, quality dates, things like that. So we're going to talk about the everyday foods and how long they can last. And so this is just a mini list um, of the different foods. These are common foods almost everyone has in their closet or pantry or has probably eaten at some point in their uh, life or maybe you maybe regularly eat these foods. But these are foods that you can sort of trust safe um, for long-term uh, use and you know having them in your fridge or around and they won't spoil immediately as long as you take care of them or they're not uh, rancid or impacted or some other cause has uh, ruined their quality. So one of the first is dried pasta. Pasta is amazing. You can use it in different soups. You can have it in spaghetti. Uh, numerous things that you can do with pasta. So with pasta, dried pasta, it has certain best buy dates, but these are only an indication of how long a company will stand by the product. So you don't have to necessarily worry about these. It's more of uh, the dates as far as when the company um, has, you know, done its seal and said, okay, this uh, product is good for a year's time or so. And this is, you know, the best buy time uh, of this product. So this is a date specifically for the company. It's not necessarily an indication of if the dried pasta has gone bad or is no longer good. Number two are, is canned goods or are canned goods. So canned goods, this is a perfect item that you can use and have for really years, really, especially if you keep it in a cool, dry place away from, um, you know, fluctuating temperatures, making sure that the metal of the canned good isn't popped or the seal's broken or air's gotten in or anything of that sort, or is even rusted. That's another um uh, component you do not want to have happen to canned goods. So if the you know air hasn't gotten into it and it's suggested to be safe and it's marked safe, um, then uh, anytime um, after it's best if uh, used by date is generally good. But if you open it and it's um, you know perfect and there's no smell or discoloration or nothing runny or chunky out of it. Um, than you would normally expect, uh, then you're good to uh, use the, the canned goods. Number three are dry baking ingredients. Now these are usually safe um, because they don't usually contain moisture. Now moisture is a hotbed for things like mold and going uh, rancid or for lacking quality or rodents could you know find a way to get inside those ingredients you know if they're in a place where it's able to get uh, moisture or grow or have yeast problems or things like that but dry baked ingredients like oatmeal or flour sugar or um, different types of grains they generally don't grow bacterial um, growths on them unless otherwise uh, they're in a, a bad uh, environment in which those uh, things can grow on them. 
So for those ingredients, uh, you don't have to necessarily worry about them um, unless they smell odd or um, pets, pests have gotten uh, into them like, you know, ants or mice or um, termites or something else um, that happens to be um, in your uh, kitchen cabinet. So for things like um, leavening ingredients or agents, these things are your baking powders and baking soda. These generally will lose their effectiveness after the dates on them and after they've expired. So after these things have expired, then you should definitely replace these and to toss these out uh, just to be safe. Number four are eggs. So eggs are amazing, super useful from omelets to different baking ingredients. Um, they're, they're great, their shells are compostable. Just rinse them and clean them out. Eggs are amazing meal and high in things like vitamin D, for example. So with eggs, uh, they are uh, generally, most, most eggs, not all eggs, but most eggs are processed with something like mineral oil, which is not, um, it's a man-made uh, oil. And this is uh, for protecting um, uh, its shell and protecting it against uh, harmful bacteria. And so it's generally refrigerated. Uh, when it's generally uh, refrigerated at 41 uh, degrees Fahrenheit or below, then eggs will last, you know, three weeks past their expiration date, which is a long time. Uh, but with um, the cooking of eggs, you know, if you boil eggs, then it's coating, that coating of that mineral oil uh, is, you know, washed or it's, it's cooked away, then it will only last about a week past its expiration date. It won't last that long. Um, or it just won't last uh, longer than a week if it's cooked, period. So with the USDA, the United States Department of Agriculture, they suggest and advise that the sell-by dates um, cannot exceed or go past 45 days, which is about a month or 30 days, 31 days or so, even though February is like 28 days. Um, but uh, generally, it can't go past uh, 45 days, which is essentially almost a month and 15 days. So the sell-by date can't go past uh, 45 days from the date at which it was uh, packed uh, just for quality purposes. And this is something I found out um, when looking at this topic is that there are actual codes. I'm not sure if um, it's probably just a, um, an a, uh, American thing like what happens in the U.S., but the codes are three digits and they represent uh, the days of the year, like the consecutive days of the year. So for January 1st, that would be 001. Um, and for December 31st, that would be 365. And these are on uh, the USA USDA labels on um, eggs. So whatever the uh, packed dates are, uh, the sell-by dates can't go 45 days past the date, uh, the coded date that you'll see on those packages. Number five is milk. Milk is useful, milk is great. Some people can't drink milk and some people can. And there are different types of milk, but uh, mainly, um, you know, this is for um, just maybe all milks, but specifically uh, those who drink maybe cow's milk. I haven't really um, known about if this translates well for like 
uh, nut milks or for coconut milk. But in any case, if it's stored correctly, again, under 41 degrees Fahrenheit, the milk can last a bit of time, about uh, a week after the expiration date. So if no other factors are at play, then you're good. So if you smell the milk and it's not uh, sour or curdled, discolored, or spoiled in any way, then it's still safe to use and to drink. And then number six, lastly, is ground beef. Now, ground beef, you usually are um, cooking it when you have it or have it in your fridge for a little bit of time before it starts to get a little bit brown or too gooey. Um, or some people just freeze it after they uh, have, um, you know, cooked some of the portion that they want to. And so that's definitely fine. So with ground beef, there are specific things you have to know about it. That it has generally a 14-day shelf life if you're not uh, trying to uh, freeze it. So if it's fresh, it's usually, you know, two weeks is the period that you should definitely try to use it up. And then with the expiration date, it's usually a freeze-by date. So this is the date that you should definitely try to freeze it at and keep it constant. And with the freezing, uh, you should keep it at zero degrees Fahrenheit or lower, anything lower is fine. And so the food will definitely stay safe due to um, no uh, types of uh, microbes um, being present in the ground beef because it's frozen. Last but not least, I want to le uh, leave you with a notable quotable. So quote, many consumers are aware that the food labels are used by manufacturers to indicate when the product is at its peak for best flavor, end quote. And that was from Jory Lang. She is a lawyer who specializes in food poisoning cases. So during this time, I kind of wanted to lament about the foods that I wish would last longer because I know that everyone's experiences with food is a bit different. You know, some people cook every day, some people eat out several times a week or not at all, you know, and other people just, you know, love family gatherings and don't really have leftovers or, you know, have, you know, something to spare. But some of the foods that I wish would last longer are, you know, foods like salads. Salads, sometimes if you're not eating them or it's so big that you have extras that kind of just linger, they kind of go bad fast. So that um, can be one of the things that I can go uh, bad. And with food waste, um, if it's not one of the um, parts of like the salad or like um, you know, cabbage or lettuce that are like the ends or um, parts of um, the, you know, food that's gone moldy. I try to keep it um, preserved and eat it. I don't really like um, salads lingering, but I just wish salads was a, a food that somehow was preserved. Um, it doesn't have to be with, you know, artificial chemicals, but I just wish um, that salads, it was just one of the foods that just didn't go bad so easily. Another food that I wish didn't go, go bad so easily would be something like uh, cooked vegetables. Now, with cooked vegetables, even though they are cooked, that's fine. But usually within a week's time or less, you have to uh, eat them or also start to smell kind of weird and the consistency won't be there. Um, you know, it, it's hard for it to spoil, but you have to constantly, you know, be checking it, you know, and eat it. Um, you know, other foods can kind of be like that too. Rice, 
um, it can get hard over time. And so you have to, you know, sort of heat it up, um, either in the microwave or stove top with some water. But definitely cooked vegetables is a food that I wish um, was able to be preserved a bit longer, um, either from, you know, uh, fresh vegetables in the market or grocery store or even canned vegetables, which I don't eat a ton of. I try to go for fresh uh, varieties of vegetables. So cooked vegetables overall, I wish that they lasted a bit longer. Um, you know, try to get that water out of them and, and other stuff. I just wish that they stretched a bit more, especially when you're paying money for good vegetables and you want them to last. That's something that I wish, um, you know, I could improve upon. Potatoes is the third thing, the third type of food. I uh, wish that I could preserve a bit more uh, and, and faster um, because sometimes like they grow the little eyes of the potato or next you know there's a bad spot in it or the core is rotten and you know next you know there are gnats there and you know it's you know distracting and it's just disgusting and it's just like how did it get to this point and it's like I don't know how it got to this point, but I, I, I bought them and, you know, now they're not uh, good anymore. So potatoes, um, you know, they can, you know, definitely be cheap or reasonably priced. But for as long as they stay on the table, uh, they should be able to last without, you know, being full of eyes and being weird or smelling weird. So that's another food that, you know, if anyone has any pointers about preserving, let me know. I would definitely love to preserve potatoes for a bit longer and then last but not least if you have any pictures of spoiled food I haven't done anything like this but if you have any weird pictures of spoiled food or like something that you just had to take a picture of or just so disgusting or gross I like to see it let me know this is something I, I never have asked for or done but I figured to just do that and if it works if people like sending their pictures um, with maybe a few sentences or something or just a picture of, you know, spoiled rotten foods, um, then that'd be great. You know, if it sticks, then maybe I'll have it as a, a different segment in the show and, you know, it could really um, be fun. So who knows if you have spoiled foods or something that's really you couldn't take your eye off of or something that maybe you didn't um, produce or make or buy but someone else did or something that you wanted to share then go ahead and let me know I'll definitely probably you know talk about it in a later um, episode and it'd be fun I think some of my horror stories around spoiled food are from the rotten potatoes which I just sometimes they just make my stomach churn because I love potatoes, you know, tater tots, fried potatoes, broiled potatoes, baked potatoes, uh, curly fries, just mashed potatoes. Any way that you can cook a potato, I I love it and, you know, I'm down to, uh, you know, eat it even more ways. So the fact that a rotten potato even happens is like a waste. It's like a, it's like a dagger in my heart because I know that it could have been useful. It could have been fried. It could have been something else. But... You know, when it's rotten, you can't do much with it except just chuck it in the compost. Uh, I've smelled um, spoiled coconut milk, and it's not fun. It smells like, I wouldn't say a chemically smell, but it smells like, um, it, it looks like creamy eggs, but it doesn't look like eggs. And it, it smells like milk, but a different type of milk, but with the consistency of like, 
eggs, but just a little bit thicker. And it's disgusting. And it's a smell you don't forget. But rotten potatoes is definitely smellier. But coconut milk has a bad side to it. It can last you about a good month or so, give or, give or take. Especially if you have it cold. But for, you know, the coconut milk and almond milk mixes that you can get at places like uh, Aldi's and such, uh, or Whole Foods, um, you should definitely try and uh, drink those up when you can because they are pretty big. So if you drink smoothies or want something that is a, a diuretic or digestive aid, which coconut milk is, it helps you go to the bathroom, then uh, you should definitely invest in drinking up some coconut milk. Now, garlic bread, I think I had that one time. I've had garlic bread before but one time I had it and I think it was in the freezer too it was in the freezer for too long and it had chunks of green in it I don't think it was part of the seasoning and I just barfed it up I just couldn't take it anymore I just spit it out it was gross um you know salsa um that can go bad because if you um don't either clean maybe the top or somehow air gets too much into it in and out in and out then it'll start to mold and so you're just gonna probably just tossed the whole thing that's happened to one of the jars I found in the fridge and then last but not least nacho cheese nacho cheese adventures with nacho cheese it doesn't last forever people I don't know if you know this anyone who's listening anyone who loves nacho cheese loves Mexican food loves uh, guacamole with chips or just nachos period or just the cheese and some chips it doesn't last like more than I would say three, four months at the most because longer than that, it'll start to smell. I mean, you can try and nuke it just to save it, but if it's got a weird film on it or anything of that sort, chuck it because you would rather, you know, save your health or trip to, you know, going to your doctor or uh, the the patient care uh, all because you wanted some nachos. Like, steer clear of uh, foods that have an abnormally long shelf life or it's somehow been um, uh, tainted in some way, like this smells bad or it's molded or different consistency or um, it just, it's it's rusted or the top is rusted on it. Like if it's a canned good or if there's holes or something in the product, it's essentially defective, it's defunct. So what you have to do is just chuck it. You know, if you can't recycle the container or try and soak it and clean it or... Because some people do that. You know, I love, you know, cleaning those type of items because I love, you know, getting to recycle things. Um, Then just be safe and try to, you know, chuck it and, you know, find a food that isn't uh, tainted. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes proactive things we can do to of course combat the issue in the episode and to protect mother earth now we know that the issue in the episode was surrounding expiration dates and how to check you know which foods of course you can definitely ignore when it comes to expiration dates and what the best buy and sell by freeze by dates what they are and so one of the messages for this podcast episode is that some of these tips we're going to learn about are to you know see if you have to toss out the food if you can compost it if you can save it so some of these tips are going to you know help you in saving food and saving money saving time and they're really easy. Anyone can do this. You've probably done this before. 
maybe there's some someone out there listening who you know hasn't you know known how easy these steps can be so we're going to talk about them so one of the first is to examine if the food is actually past the date listed on the package you know does it look good dates are dates which are important but does the um date uh, of the food does it look good um, does the uh, quality of the food uh, hold up? Does it smell? Is it uh, porous? Is it bad quality? Um, is the food still acceptable to eat, uh, even though the date is on the packaging? Um, sometimes, you know, if it's not molded and there's nothing essentially wrong with the food and the date is the only thing stopping you, you know, sometimes you should throw caution to the wind. Um, but if something is, um, you know, bad or smelling or tasting, just doesn't appear right, you can definitely, of course, throw away the food. So just having that um, essentially, you know, discernment of if an item is worth your time of eating or just checking, that's what you have to decide here. Number two is to decide, you know, what to purchase next in your fridge, in your food uh, cabinet. So when you're grocery shopping, analyze. Do you grocery shop daily? Some people shop every day for a little, a few things or every other day. Some people go once a week, which is fine. And some people shop monthly or at least uh, once maybe at the beginning of the month and closer to the end of the month, which is fine. So if you do any of these, what items are you needing to buy that you don't already have at home? If you have multiples of a certain food, are you wasting your money? If you don't necessarily use those foods often, how long are they staying in your kitchen, in your cabinets, or in your freezers, and your deep freezers? And so those, those dates are also being impacted because if you have, let's say three different giant containers of ketchup and you only have uh, one that's in use and the other two you aren't going to touch for like, you know, five, six months, you know, are they going to last you a long time? Is the quality going to be still be there when it comes to those ketchups? Or you could take any other food, for example, um, that you may buy too many of. Um, and if so, maybe you should, you know, stave back and, uh, you know, reel back the choices of some of the foods that you're having. You know, cut back on some of the more expensive foods, like maybe the meats that you don't eat often or stay in your freezer for a year or so or more um, because they may not have that, you know, fresh quality uh, that you may be looking for when you're ti- when it's time to eat it. Uh, number uh, three is to... Um, make a list prior to shopping. So this is fun. I usually do this when it comes to uh, grocery shopping. And sometimes I'll have just the fill-in items like chips or different soups, sometimes bread, sometimes different things like maybe fish, things like that. And so you're filling in the gaps here and you're looking over what items you already need and what items you're thinking over, okay, what items do I have at home? And so you can either, you know, write this down, you know, traditional style, maybe on a notepad or piece of paper, dedicated piece of paper or sets of paper. And, or you could use your phone, which is totally fine. Just make sure that it doesn't die before you get to your grocery store. And then lastly, number four is to practice the first in, first out method. Now this is great because you're, you're getting to look at the older um, food items that you have in your pantry or refrigerated items and you're moving uh, certain items to the front 
and you're getting uh, you're throwing away or getting used to the idea of throwing away other uh, types of foods that you don't uh, use or haven't used or need to be thrown away. So you're looking at the items. Okay, what needs to be uh, eaten first? What haven't I eaten in a while? What leftovers do I need to go ahead and get rid of so I can have room for other foods and they can have their turn in the refrigerator? fact of the day is that Coca-Cola, the world's biggest corporate plastic polluter, says that it won't abandon single-use plastic bottles because people like them. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra magazine in the May-June 2020 issue. company spotlight is where we tune in and talk about amazing environmentally related products and services coming from companies from all over and so I've been talking about a ton of their different products and services for a while now since February 2019 and one of the latest ones I have to talk to you about is pretty great as well it's known as natural brew so natural brew creates amazing ginger beer which of course is natural and it's non-alcoholic and has that perfect zing of flavor. So for ginger beer, it is amazing, especially if you love something that's new and tasty, natural brew is the way to go. Natural brew is out of Chico, California. And as far as its commitment to sustainability, natural brew products are really great because they are free from artificial additives and preservatives. They have natural ingredients that you can taste and pronounce and spell, and they have recyclable packaging. Now, as far as their product selection, they have three different drinks that they carry, and they have different flavors that are kind of make up all the different drinks. So they have Draft Ginger Beer, they have Outrageous Ginger Ale, and they have Vanilla Cream Soda, and all these are, of course, non-alcoholic. Anyone who knows about ginger beer, it's non-alcoholic. And it's really great. It's popular as a Caribbean-style drink, and it's known all around the world. And there are also different places around the world where it's, uh, you know, harvested the ingredients for our. And so those are places where you normally find uh, ginger beer companies, or they're being sourced uh, for their ginger beer and their ginger beer ingredients. So as far as the flavors, there are a ton of different things that are in some of their different drinks. So you'll find things like vanilla bean and anise, uh, sarsaparilla, uh, there are licorice root, birch, of course, ginger root, and definitely more ingredients. So as far as my experience of natural brew, um, I do love the outrageous uh, ginger ale. I drink, I think it was a six pack of, or six or four pack of uh, the ginger uh, root beer. Really, really great, amazing quality. This stuff will last you a long time, especially cause you know, sodas usually do that, but this is great. You know, the flavor is there. It was definitely um, a different type of ginger beer that I'm used to. Um, definitely, it wasn't 
uh, it was less carbonated a little bit, but I definitely would give it five out of five green thumbs, especially, um, I would drink either with my meals, like lunch or dinner. Uh, if you're packing it like for camp or for work or something, or maybe for maybe teenagers or for those who maybe don't drink, this is the perfect option. And it mostly comes in packs, if not singles, and their packaging is on point. I love their durable glass bottles, you know, probably wouldn't break uh, readily um, if dropped and they have metal caps and they have, of course, their paper uh, bottle holder. And as far as their price, it kind of differs depending on where you go. And there are a different uh, number of retailers around the country in the USA uh, that uh, have natural brew products. So with Natural Brew, they can be found online on their website, www.natural-brew.com. And you can find them also on Amazon, Fred Meyer, H-E-B, Instacart, Publix, ShopRite, Whole Foods Market, Walmart, and many, many other stores across the USA. Natural Brew is a company that I found was under Smucker Natural Foods, Inc., which can be found a few different places. So if you go to Facebook and you check out Smuckers or Instagram where you check out JM uh, Smucker Co. or LinkedIn at the um, JM Smucker Co. as in like for company, uh, Pinterest, Smuckers, Twitter, same thing, Smuckers, and YouTube, the Smuckers brand, all these are different places where you can find information about um, the you know parent company which holds the Natural Brew uh, brand. So Natural Brew is, again, available on their website. You can check them out at www.natural-brew.com. And then go to contact us at the top or bottom of their website to directly message them. This was a really great episode to talk on, talking about the amazing foods that are out there that don't necessarily have expiration dates unless something else is wrong with them. I hope that you learned something new and you can check out these foods and, you know, prep them, cook them, and make sure that they are um, not spoiled in any way and that they last you a long time given the right conditions. You know, what foods do you keep fresh? What foods do you know of that usually last a long time? Um, I had, you know, fun with this podcast episode and learned some new things specifically about the different codes um, with the USDA and how they, you know, have that system there. And that's something I didn't know before. So I'm really glad that I learned about this. So uh, thank you, of course, for always tuning in and listening, you know, and sharing these podcast episodes and reviewing on Apple Podcasts and other major podcast uh, play. Uh, platforms. That's always great to hear and get that good news there. Um, And of course, the uh, giveaway is still going on, but this is like the last sort of day for it. So you have some time. Um, I have uh, picked up and uh, begun some work. Uh, So for uh, the time being, I definitely will be uh, making my episodes, but they will probably be um, a little bit um, off schedule as far as like the hours. So maybe uh, like they've been been um, being produced. Um, it's, you know, usually in the evenings nowadays, but if I have time or can, you know, definitely put in some different hours or do them earlier, I will try to. 
um, and you know have them prepped. I know there's you know tons of devoted uh, listeners who you know pop in and definitely love all the information here and you know try to take heed to it. So I definitely appreciate that and love that you are so special and it means so much. So thank you so much again for tuning in again. So I look forward to another podcast episode in the future with you listening. Until then, you take care. And as always, please take care of yourselves and please take care of the planet. See ya.